0: All right, we're going to look tonight at um, the idea. Where do we get the idea of supporting the church? Um, is it something that a bunch of guys came up with and decided that we're going to... We got this plan, we can take care of the church by doing this, this, and this. In other words, when the offering plate is passed, wh- why do we do it? When we talk about supporting missionaries, why? what's the purpose? Or where do we get the idea to do that? Is I believe a church that believes in the Bible should do what the Bible says. And so uh, that's what I want to look at tonight. Now we talked this morning about missions and how missions and the communication of missions began with really the first missionary that was recognized as a missionary planning churches was Paul. And so he would have been the first person to uh, be communicated with from the churches in the spreading of the gospel. And so that's where we started this morning and... In looking at faith promise. So tonight we're going to look at the idea in two different places in Corinthians uh, where God, uh, Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, gives us the formula or shows us why we do what we do for giving. Now, this is informational for two reasons. Young people think that we just do stuff because our parents make us do stuff or we do stuff because this is the way we've always done it. And can I say to you, that is not why we give. The Old Testament, and I I don't have time to look at all this, but I invite you to read Exodus and Leviticus. And you say, well, that's so boring. No, it's very interesting because God is very specific about the offerings. And although we do not live in Old Testament dispensation, we do learn from that. Amen. And in learning from that, we see that much of, uh, much of the giving and the idea of giving carries over to the New Testament, and that is why we give. So, if you take your Bible and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, again, I have no problem talking about giving. It's doctrine. It's part of Christian living. We shouldn't be afraid or ashamed of it. We shouldn't be afraid to talk about soul winning. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. And how do we reach souls? We do it by having churches that function. Um, One uh, message I just recently heard, uh, the pastor made this comment, the preacher made this comment, It was preaching at Temple Baptist. If every Christian, every person that's a member of, Temple Baptist Church was the example he left he, he uh, used. If every believer that was baptized and a member of Temple Baptist Church did what they were supposed to do, we'd never have need of anything financially. Amen. Never. Do you know why it's required that we pay taxes so the government has what? Aren't you glad that God's not going, If you don't give, I'm going to throw you in jail. <laughs> it's pretty amazing that He doesn't. He could, but He doesn't. Because He wants us to do it willingly, and that's kind of what we're going to look at here tonight. So, verse number nine, chapter, uh, chapter number 9, verse number 1. 1 Corinthians. Am I not an apostle? Now, these are questions that you, know, you don't need to answer. He, he's trying to make a point. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not yet, are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you, for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, as the brethren of the Lord, and Cephas? Or I only, and Barnabas, have not we power to forbear working, who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard, and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock, and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? So... Just in case there's a question, does the law have any bearing on why we give? Right there, you know that it does. So he says in verse number 9, For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? This is the, this is people say there's no sarcasm in the Bible. Or saith he altogether for our sakes. Like the ox is going to get anything out of reading, don't muzzle the ox. No, 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 it's for our sakes. Uh, No doubt this is written that he that ploweth should plow in hope and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather, nevertheless we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord, what is that word right there? Ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us and for your word. And I pray right now you'd use it in our hearts to change our minds about how we should give. I'm very thankful for the folks that have come back tonight, the work that you've already done in hearts concerning giving, uh, especially to missions. And I know that's the main thrust and theme of this day. But I pray that you'd uh, instill in each one of us the importance of being faithful to what you've ordained in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you. Uh, if you think about this, and this is not the main part of the the message, but I wanted to read this because there's there's been a question over years. And in fact, I would have been one if you would have talked to me in a few years back as a pastor and, and said, do you mind preaching about money? I would be saying, yeah, it's kind of awkward. And you might say, well, why do you think it's awkward? Well, I mean, it's trying to get people to... To give up things maybe that they want for the ministry, and I feel awkward because all I am is a preacher. And so, now, please listen. I I think this is the feeling of any good preacher. And some of those people work really hard, and they work day in and day out, and they the money they make is very precious, and they take care of their family with it. And you say, well, brother Ron, that's just a uh, that's just a mealy mouth, manby pamby attitude. Well, it is because truly. I don't have to worry about talking to you about your money because actually it belongs to God anyway. What you have is from God because every good and perfect gift cometh from above from the Father of lights. So you know and I know that anything good in my life is going to come from God. Not only that, but God's not asking for every dime we have. He has set in place an opportunity. The tithe... Far back into the Old Testament, before the law, the tithe was something that was in place to uh, give back to God a tenth of that which they, any person was blessed with. It's not new. It wasn't devised by the apostles who wanted to live off of the people in the new churches. Come on, most of these people that he's writing to weren't wealthy people. So here's what he's trying to do get everybody in the boat or into the program of what God has done in the church. The fact is, Grace Baptist Church cannot operate without funds. Your preacher cannot be supported without funds. Now, we all go, okay, I agree with that. But what makes it so necessary? The reason it's necessary is because it is ordained of God... That this is the way we do it, and here's what Paul says, breaking it down very quickly. Verses, uh, he, he, verses one through three says, "Okay, here's the question: Am I am I a person who's conveying the gospel? These those who are questioning me are saying that I'm uh, that I'm not an apostle, that I'm not conveying the gospel. Here's the answer that I would give them: Am I not able to have a wife or a sister or lead around uh, those who I'm responsible for? Is that possible? Yes." Am I? No, Paul wasn't responsible for a wife and children. But did was Paul just like every other man? Yes. He said, don't I need to eat? Don't I need to drink? I mean, it makes sense. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, if you're in the ministry, you should be willing to suffer? We had a man in the church who uh, who's dead and gone now because he was old, not because he said this. So let me qualify that. God wasn't waiting for him. <laughs> but... He, uh, he said this, well, I think missionaries ought to be willing to suffer. I said, well, what about you? He goes, well, pastor, I think you get paid too much. I said, well, how much do you get paid? Well, I mean, I, I make six figures. I said, let me ask you, do you give according to what you make? <laughs> he never answered. You know why? Because most of us don't give according to the thought that the reason I'm giving is because God has ordained that those who are in the minister have to eat and drink and the preacher has a family. Now, I don't have to go to the scriptures, I hope, where it says that the man of God is supposed to get double honor. It doesn't just mean in money, but it does mean in money, partially. Now, I'm not preaching to anybody. He hasn't come to me and said, Could you really touch on the uh, pastoral salary? Uh, My wife, mama needs a new pair of shoes. (laughs) And they're Prada. So uh, (laughs) I need to get some new old books, uh, if you could really hook that up. (laughs) It's just Paul is simply making a point shouldn't I be supported or should only Barnabas and I have to work? And then he says, here's a question for you. Who goes to warfare of their own accord? Who gets paid on their own accord? Well, no one. Who plants a vineyard and it not of the fruit thereof? That was a very common practice. I mean, you planted it, you eat it. You plant a garden, I hope you harvest it and eat it and don't sell all of it on the road. You know, I mean, if you have to, that's fine, but what are you going to eat? There, it's just, it, these are basic principles. That, actually, it takes zero brain power to process this. Even these people right here can get this. No, seriously. When you're walking in an apple orchard, there's ripe apples on the tree. Do you pick them and eat them? Huh? Yay or nay? Yay, verily, yay. They open the can. Right, 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 right. That's peaches. Um uh, <laughs> when you walk in the aisle in the uh, <laughs> grocery section, do you open the top ramen before you start, start eating it? The, the truth is, when you're working in a vineyard, you eat of it. Why? Because you're not, according to the law, you're not supposed to be restricted from that. And then he says, if you feed a flock, don't you drink of the milk? Remember, this is all. This is all just kind of introduction for us to get into God's plan. Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same thing? So here's the question. And this is where we're going to delineate. This is where we're going to draw the line. Is what he's saying just something man's come up with? Or is this not in the law? Well, it is in the law. And that's why I invite you to read Exodus and Leviticus. Because God was very, very specific about the way to treat people, about the way to treat one another, about the way to treat animals, even animals, about the way to treat the tabernacle, about the way to give, about every offering, why you give. And then he desired for them, especially in the latter part of Leviticus, he spends a lot of time talking about the the free will or the offering of thanksgiving to him that you should want to do it. So here's what Paul says. Is this... Is this something man has come up with? When I read this, it relieved me from speaking about money. Because I'm not trying to get you to give for me or for this preacher. I'm getting, I'm, I, my desire is to stir up your heart that you'll do what God has ordained. Because the Bible says, it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Okay, this is kind of reminiscent of what Jesus said when He was talking about, hey, you shouldn't have care for the things of this life, shouldn't be caring what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, where you're going to sleep. Why? Because your Father in heaven will take care of that. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Don't be like the Gentiles who are worrying about this. Do what's right, and God will take care of the rest. And so He says there, do you think God wrote that because He just cares for oxen? I mean, the idea there is... It's like, so God only cares for oxen. No, no, no. It's written all together for our sakes. Why? So we would understand that when someone is in the ministry, they deserve... Listen to the word. Deserve to be taken care of by the ministry. He gives his time in the church. His wife gives her time in the church. Their children... We're not sure what they do. They do stuff. And these people, please listen to the word again, deserve by God's design to be taken care of without worrying about going outside of this place to work. They are worthy to be taken care of by this ministry. Not only they, but those people who would go out as missionaries by God's design, should be taken care of in that ministry. I love Brother Jim's heart because this morning he was talking about planting churches. And uh, he was talking about the Newburgers, which we support as well. And there's a lot of people, he said these words, we'll probably have to support him the rest of his ministry as long as he's there. Some people go, two years, he should be able to make his own way in two years. Well, check this out. A space up there is going to cost eight to ten thousand dollars to rent, and they're not gonna get half of they're not even gonna get half of the space downstairs where the adults meet. The truth is they deserve to be taken care of in the ministry, and when we have means in churches to help with that, we should be glad to help those that are in the ministry live off the ministry, and I'll go back to this. Are you responsible for the way this pastor spends the money that he is paid? No, he is. So don't go, well, I'm giving, but I want to know everything that's going on. I've got to to say, I want to know what's going on. Well, they did stuff I don't like. They did stuff with my money. Whoa, 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 whoa. When you give it to God, it's no longer your money. In fact, it wasn't yours to begin with. Now, I'm probably preaching to the choir, but if this many people gave at this church to missions and to tithe, this many... This church would be fine. Hear the crickets? They're saying, "Amen, amen, amen." <laughs> yeah, that's what they're rubbing their legs together, saying, "People." <laughs> the problem is, somebody said, it. He doesn't want to be identified. The problem is, is that that we. Don't understand that this is something that's ordained of God. This is not Jim Alter's plan, the Baptist plan. Hey, listen, there are religions that get your W two, yeah. and you will pay what your you will pay ten percent of what your W two says. Wouldn't it be better to give because you want to? I think that's exactly what God wants from us. And when you give because you want to, it makes you cheerful. Why? Because you're like, I'm giving to God. Um, A brother came to me and was giving me his testimony just this morning about giving and getting involved in giving. And uh, I, I, I love those testimonies. You know why? Because everybody can have it if they would just get involved. You know what it eliminates? Griping, complaining. Whether or not the preacher... You know what? You should, have, you should desire to have the best dressed preacher, the best... He should des- you should desire for him to have the best vehicle. But not only that, you should desire as a church to support as many missionaries as you can. Why? Because they're doing the gospel ministry. In fact, he says, if we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If you're being blessed by the messages, if you see missionaries go out and a missionary comes in and he preaches the Word of God and you're blessed by it. Listen, uh, one thing that I was taught at at Temple Baptist Church there in El Dorado by the pastor that, that preceded me was to treat every guest like a king. I mean, we don't give them just a little love offering. We're thankful that they come. We, the church gives them a set offering that we budgeted, and then we take a love offering for them. Why? Because the people in the church should be thankful that someone comes and brings the gospel and delivers it to them. Now, I'm not trying to start something here, although it's a... No. Uh, <laughs> I just thought of that. Well, that was brilliant. You just asked for a love offering. All right. Uh, All right. <laughs> But I know him, he doesn't care. So, <laughs> the the truth is, we should be so thrilled when somebody gives their life to the gospel. Now, let me tell you how I'm speaking. I used to be in business. And so, I, I know from the perspective of you, of sitting in the pew, I wasn't always thankful. Sometimes I was like, oh man, it's like 525, I hope this guy's done at 530. thirty." Because the kids are saying, pizza, 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 smash, smash, smash. They're ready, man. Amen. Amen. (laughs) At least I got an amen out of them. And um, it's it's a miracle. One person's awake. And uh, the truth is, we should be thankful because beautiful are the feet of those that shed the gospel of peace. That Those people who are preaching the gospel of peace, we should be welcoming and we should be thankful for. Do you know you show thankfulness by giving? Okay? Lydia's going to graduate. Everyone should give her something because they're thankful she made it. There are other graduates here. Man, you guys have a lot of graduates. You're smoked. I hope you have a lot of money anyway. <laughs> Thankfully, there's only like three at our church. But the truth is, Paul says, if we've sown spiritual things, then shouldn't we reap carnal things? If others be partakers of the power over you and are not... We rather, nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. So that being the case, let's go to Second Corinthians chapter number 8, and we'll wrap this up. Second Corinthians chapter number 8. And I kind of read this and touched on it earlier today. So all I'm going to do is just kind of remind us the first part of chapter number 8. Paul is speaking about the churches of Macedonia, specifically the church at Philippi. That's why we read it this morning. Because the church at Philippi and Brother Paul had a wonderful relationship. And this relationship yielded them giving or being faithful to give as they should give to his ministry to see it further. And and let me invite you to go to, uh, not right now, but when you get an opportunity, go to Romans chapter number 16, and you will see a list of people that Paul names that helped him in his missionary journeys. Specifically, by name, he lists these people, which gives you and I a good idea that God is paying attention to the people that help others proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is keeping a list. How do you know? There's one in chapter number 16. That's how I know. People very specifically named. Why? He says, because they helped me, because they're helpers to me, because they served, because they sacrificed, because they selflessly loved. Read it. It's amazing. God is keeping track of those who are helping on the way. And that's what Paul is speaking about. Can I say this? I don't feel bad about standing here telling you what Temple Baptist Church does for missions every year. I'm not bragging. I don't do it. I give a portion of it. But if I wasn't giving to that great movement, I would not receive any fruit from it. And I would not receive any blessing from it because I would not be giving I, it would, In fact, it would be wrong for me to stand up here and go, Temple Baptist Church gives this money unless I was actively involved in giving. Do you understand? It's not about the preacher carrying it. I could never give $275,000. Are you kidding me? I'm a pastor. But I'm glad to say that the people of Temple Baptist Church have come together and said, you know what? Proclaiming the gospel ministry around the world is Please listen, the most important thing that we do as a body. Yes, we glorify God. How do we glorify God? By spreading the gospel. Amen. That's how we do it. If we are not actively, individually spreading the gospel, you can't bring glory to God. So he's talking about how charged up he is that the churches of Macedonia have given in this way. And and praying us with much entreaty, verse 4, that we should receive, would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun so, he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by command but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore, perform the doing of it, That is, there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye be burdened, but by an equality that now at this time, your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be supplied for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, another Old Testament reference. He that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. So the idea here, then, if we're going to be involved in this This ordained giving process, then we have to understand what it's based in, okay? And here it is. People get upset and they say, well, I can't give that very much. I can't give very much. Well, here's the Bible principle. God's not asking you to give what you don't have. He's not. He's not saying to you, I want you to sell your parents' house and give all of their money to the church. Now, the preacher might like that. Okay, I figured. But the truth is, God's not asking him to do that. He might have a job, might mow yards, he might be lazy, he might play video games, I don't know. I really don't know. It's okay, they're all patting him on the back. But here's what God's asking every person that's a believer in Jesus Christ that's a member of this church to do. Not to give as you don't have, but give as you have. Why? That everything will be equal. So here's what we would say. And this is, please listen to me. This is not an American concept and it's not a communist concept. Listen to this. He says, okay, sister so-and-so over here can give $1,000 a week. And the preacher loves her. He greets her every morning. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Did you bring a check? And this person over here, brother so-and-so, can only give $10. Why? Because that's all God has supplied for him to be able to give. Maybe he's on limited income, whatever the case may be. Now, please listen. God has enabled every person that's a member of a church, a member of a local New Testament church, well, this church... Every God is, every God, everyone in this body that's a member of this church, God has enabled and has given you something to give. Here's where we go back to the toddler concept. We go, I! The offering plate comes by. I can't do that. What if I want those new golf clubs? (laughs) I know God understands. See, the truth is, God has enabled you to give something. Why? Because it says here in verse number 12, For if there be first a willing mind there's the big hurdle and it's big in churches all over america don't feel like the lone ranger people have to decide am i willing to give what god has given me the ability to give i read a website of a, a evidently young man who's very upset about Independent Fundamental Baptist Churches. In fact, he calls them the IFBs. Woo-hoo. He knows how to take those first letters and make them ring. The IFBs. He calls them the IFBs all the time. He says, the IFBs have lied to you about giving. Well, I don't know how to read this any other way because this is exactly what the Bible says. And here's what he said. In this section of Scripture, Paul is specifically talking about an offering that was taken up for the people, for the saints in Jerusalem who were suffering with a big problem of a drought. And so this was the giving of the churches to that cause. Yes, but if you continue on into chapter number 9, which we won't do, but you should... It's specifically, from this point on, talking about the way a person gives. And it's not talking about a one-time cause. It's talking about the principle of giving. God is not going to walk up to you. Come here, Jacob. I know you can take this. I trust you. God is not going to walk up to you and go, Hi, how are you doing? Oh God! Get You're going to give. If you don't give, I'm going to choke you. This is the way your sister treats you. Sorry, man. (laughs) She's moving out soon. Don't worry about it. (laughs) your shoulder okay? You're probably ruined for football. Sorry. Uh, God isn't going to do that the this is what's overwhelming to me god says okay there's an offering coming make sure i grab that one all right there's an offering coming okay i have given you the ability to give but it's up to you how you're whether you're going to do it or not I'm not going to make you, because I want you to be willing of a willing mind. Now, what's so amazing to me about that is God trusts us to do right. And I'm not trying to be ugly, but most of us don't. We because we don't have a willing mind. Now, I gave him a dollar, but let's say I gave him a hundred dollars. Let's say he had a need of a hundred dollars. I need a hundred dollars. But a missionary comes in the door and he goes, the missionary goes, man, the Lord's really working and our car broke down. And and most of us will say, they're missionaries. No, God sends them to churches specifically for churches to help them on their way. Read what Paul said when he wrote to the churches. I'll be coming that way and you can send me on my way. Which means they were very involved in supporting his ministry. Amen. God has given grace... Baptist Church, the ability to give, not as a church, but individuals. And when individuals get involved in God's plan, it's amazing what God can do. But see, if Sister Susie over here, who has $1,000 to give every month, continues to give, but... Brother Billy Bob over here who only has $10 says, well, my $10 isn't that much. Then he has stopped his responsibility. Because it's not how much you give, it's that you give as you have been given the ability to give. Not what you don't have, but what you have. I can tell you right now, I've been in church long enough and I'm certain this is the truth. There are people in here that make good money. There are people in here who don't make as good of money, but they are genuinely involved to the hilt in giving. They give tithes. They give missions. Do you know why? Are they doing it to be recognized? No, they're, they're not wearing a banner. Hi, my name's George and I give. Have you given today? No, we're not voting. This is an opportunity to do what God has given us the ability to do. Well, I don't like giving. I think it's just selfish. Selfish for you, maybe, because you don't like giving. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You and I should understand that because Jesus Christ gave... See, no one in this building could have become poor so that I could be rich. But Jesus Christ had the ability and He became poor so that I could be rich. See, God didn't ask us to die for one another. He knew it was going to take a Savior. And so He says, this is the grace that I want you to grow in. This is the grace I want you to understand. God has given everyone an ability to give. Everybody has the uh, has an ability to give, whether it be 50 cents, a dollar, two dollars, $500, $1,000. But can I tell you this? You will stand before a holy God and answer for the way you did or did not give. Why? Because God gave you the ability to do it. It's not like He's asking us to do something we can't do. We have ladies in our church that are on very limited income, very limited. We had a lady in our church, when when our family would go on vacation, she would walk up to me and give me $200. Now, I knew that. I, mean, I would, no, no. She would say, you're not going to rob me of a blessing. Yes, ma'am, but we're going to buy you something. No, I don't want anything for it because this is God blessing me for doing what I'm Able and supposed to do. I was thinking, Abel, I know she's on a limited income. She gave faithfully tithing. She gave faithfully to missions. In fact, unbeknownst to us, when she died, we found out she had a million dollars in the bank. She didn't live like that. And she gave every dime to missions. In one year, we got rid of a million dollars to missionaries who needed it. Why? Because she gave it to missions, and that's what missions money goes for. You wasted a million dollars. Yeah, if you saw her parking lot, that's exactly what you would say. But she designated it to missions, and that's where it went. That is the way that... Why? God gave us the ability to give to missionaries. And thank God we support 135 missionaries, and who knew all 135 had a need? Who knew? God knew. So when brother Billy Bob over here gives and sister Susie over here gives, she's giving what she has, he's giving what he has, and that's what God calls equal. Amen. It's just doing what you're supposed to do. I've had this discussion with me, we can't afford to give, we can't afford to give. God has given you the ability to give. You're just not looking for the ability and taking the opportunity. Wait a minute. Isn't it God's ordained plan that the people who are in the ministry are supposed to live off of the ministry? Yeah, that's His plan. So where do you think that money is going to come from? From people doing what they've been given the ability to do. And God says, and it's equal. In fact, He uses the story in the Old Testament about gathering manna. Remember, God told the children of Israel to gather manna in the mornings and get enough for all day. And for six days, that's what they were supposed to do. On the sixth day, they were supposed to gather enough for the seventh day. And they were not to go out and gather the seventh day because it would not be there. And so, according to what we understand in Exodus, there were some bozos who went out on the seventh day to gather manna. And guess what? Bada bing, bada boom. No manna. Just like God said. But it did say this. Those that gathered properly, let's say that they didn't gather enough for their whole family or they needed a little bit more. That day, they lacked nothing. They had exactly what they needed. And those who gathered too much they used only what they needed and the rest of it disappeared. Why? God God was the one supplying the need and gave them the ability for the seventh day to live off of that because He said, what you gather will sustain you through the seventh day. Every other day it bred worms and behold it stanketh. But on that day, everything they needed, they had. And you say, well, Brother Ron, what, what is the significance of that? Quit being so afraid of what you can't give and give what you can give. I tell people this all the time. You say you can't afford to tithe. Start somewhere. You say you can't afford to give to missions. Start somewhere. Well, I'd feel bad about giving a dollar. A dollar is more than you're giving now. And more is good. You will be amazed how God supplies your need, because as we look this morning in Philippians chapter number four, he will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. He's not not wanting to go, you give and you give until you hurt. That's not what he's saying. Here, In fact, I read this, give until it feels good. Now, again, there's, your response would be two, twofold. Well, I just can't afford to do it. I'm not going to do it. That's fine. You're not arguing with me because the Bible does say that a man is to give as he according to what he hath and not according to he hath not. So we know that God supplies the need. To give. In fact, let's just look at one other verse there uh, over in chapter number 9. Verse 10. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men, and by their prayer for you which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be unto God for this, for his unspeakable gift. Now, again, if you look at this in context, he's not blurting out, Well, I'm thankful that God gave his son. What he's talking about is this ministration of giving. God supplying bread and seed for the sower so that the sower can plant seed. What seed is he talking about? By giving to the need that was being met at this time. So he says, isn't it amazing that this is an experiment? It is an experiment that God is thrusting upon us to show us the way that he works in our hearts to take care of proclaiming the gospel ministry. This is when he says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. That he would trust us with money to do one thing. Glorify Him in the church by Christ Jesus by proclaiming the gospel. Now, if you bring your church, if you bring your money here to church, and the pastor is getting nine thousand dollar suits, and uh, starting to get a big TV show with he and his wife as they co co preach, and I'm sure she can preach, and they start going cray cray all over the place. And you're all like going, what? And like, what? And like, what? And things start getting out of hand, and the gospel's not being proclaimed. That's not what God's asking us to give to. But I've been in this church twice, and every time I've been here, there's been a concern about souls. There's a renewed hope and concern about discipleship. There's a concern about doing things right now. Have you given wrong all these years? No, 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 no. I love what he says. It's not a matter of giving wrong. It's just doing better. And you know what? Doing better is what we should all hope to do. Better. Why? Because these things need to be set in order. There is a reason why we give. Please don't get the attitude, I've got to give. Woe is me. I only have $2. I'm so sad. All I have is $150 to give. I'm so sad. Wouldn't that be nice if people were sad because they only had $150 to give? Well, I guess we have to go to church and I guess we have to give. No, 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 no. Thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. That He would let us give at all. Do you, when they came and brought the offerings to the tabernacle and to the temple they were thrilled to be involved in God's plan. Amen. So the question for you and I is, are we willing to be involved in God's plan? Nobody can make you. But if first you have a willing heart, a willing mind, you'll be amazed at what God can do. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us and for your word, for the truth of your word.